0: Hello and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, where a podcast is dedicated to equipping and encouraging parents, children's workers, and even pastors to disciple the children that God has put under their care and influence. We're trying to further the conversation about how what we believe, that's our theology, affects how we parent, how we minister, and how we live. As always, I'm joined by Pastor Tony Trussoni, the family pastor at Westminster Baptist Church in Westminster, Maryland, and I'm Ben Palaz, the family and children's discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. Today we'll be picking up in part two of a two-part interview with Connie Dever. Connie is the author of the Praise Factory Family of Curriculum. Her website says she's been teaching children and developing curriculum for use in churches in the United States and abroad for over 30 years. She's also wife to Mark, senior pastor of Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., and president of Nine Marks. If you're looking for some background on Connie and on this curriculum, Praise Factory, how it came to be, be sure to catch episode 35, which is the first part of this interview, where Connie gives the, the history of this and fleshes that out. You can find that at Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker, iTunes. In that episode, we cover why teach systematic theology to kids. We hear from Connie about her application of these truths about the Lord to her life as she faced the difficulty of thyroid cancer and, and lives with the after effects. So there's a lot of good stuff in that first interview that will help color in the, the details for you as you listen to this second part. Enjoy.
1: Why do you emphasize repetition and teaching biblical truth?
2: Yeah. So what we do— is we use a lot of visual and we use um, just like they learn each of those big 16 themes as just one truth. So the other thing that we do, particularly with the littlest ones, is it sounds really boring and we always have to sell this until they try it. And that is we actually provide five weeks of uh, curriculum on the exact same story so those kids get this story for five weeks they have different crafts different games different all sorts of activities five weeks in a row and that's because well both of you guys have kids i didn't ask yes. you tony do you have you have kids i do okay. i'm married so so. well there you go yeah. so do you have kids who ask for the same story over and over ever no is that ever you do <laughs> no.
1: you really don't well, not your over kid, and over. My kids, yeah, my kids have so many stories that uh, it's ridiculous. My wife, uh, <laughs> my wife. do stories, they'll
0: bring the same I book?
1: Think.
2: Well, your your kids are unusual, but <laughs> I think because <laughs> usually have 80, books I find kids. House,
1: it's different.
2: Yeah, well, maybe so. I don't know. We kind of <laughs> do too, but uh, anyway, we find repetition is something that kids don't mind. That that's more of an adult thing. To think, oh, well, we've done that once. We don't need to go on and do it yeah. a second time. And so we provide five, you don't have to use all five, but we provide five lessons worth on that because they're little, they don't mind the repetition, and they'll actually learn it. And that's one of our goals is to 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 decide, to not decide ahead of time how long the kids need to, um, to learn something. I mean, we don't want to, so we don't want to bore them. So yeah. if if we if we feel like okay we've done that three lessons they really get that then we can go on to the next one but um with our little we we use this curriculum with our two and three year olds and they do them five times and and that and that's one of the reasons why they're probably singing the songs when they go home um you know in the morning is because yeah. they actually know it so um so that's the youngest curriculum is the hide and seek kids and then the next one up is deep down detectives and so we're back to those same 16 themes but these kids are ready to learn more, so so they actually I don't know if you can see that we actually take that same thing about the Lord and teach them eight different truths. So there's eight eight different truths they learn, and um, because they're ready for more, um, yeah. we feel like let's go with the flow. Uh, you're ready to learn more. We got more to give you, and um, but again, like the little ones, they have the exact same Bible story um for three lessons so we are giving them a chance to to hear it get used to it ask questions and understand it and take it in Um, i think they probably would kill us if we tried to repeat it five times so yeah we find we find we find two to three is enough and um and we use that curriculum with our older preschoolers and um sometimes we've used it with kindergarten and first grade too it's it's great for that whole age yeah and and they're still very visual kids and so we still use the flannel graph with them um but then the third one that i think one of you all
1: know about the yeah, ben pfi does. Ben knows ben a lot does. more about this stuff than i thought, okay honestly
2: so that's that's where things change um it's elementary age we don't think they need the same kind of visuals they're able to do other things through they're, they're beginning to read and we provide they sort of provide the interaction more than um than the visuals do for the bible stories well all the stories um and so like in deep down detectives they had eight truths so now in praise and pfi they have nine truths and they have three weeks of or three lessons of curriculum in each one but instead of just one bible story they learn an old testament story a new testament story and a church history mission story all in the same truth and that idea came because here the way mark preaches or the way he's i don't know set things up is if someone is preaching in the new testament in the morning then they take the same idea and they preach from the opposite testament in the evening service or other way around old testament in the morning that's going to be new testament in the evening and, and I thought that's a wonderful way. And it also provides a way not to just kind of give systematic theology, but also to sort of give biblical theology a lot of room for um, to see God's plan of redemption. Yeah. And um, I didn't grow up as a Christian um, or in a Christian family. And it really wasn't until college that I was around good teaching and began to see things, how things fit together. And I remember where I was when i first understood how um what jesus did was the fulfillment of so much of the old testament and the whole sacrificial system and I was like, oh that is amazing and you know over the years that's unfolded to understand more and more and um and i long for the kids to know that and i think another piece of that knowing redemptive history is understanding where we're going that it's not just about our best life now. No. It's about heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it better not be. That's all yeah. I got to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're we're going towards heaven.
1: Yeah. And again,
2: right. understanding where you are in that and understanding um, how your life fits in that and how God has been faithful yeah. in the past, how we've needed Him to be faithful in the past. So we've never deserved it. And how... Um, He's continuing to be faithful to us now, and we can trust him for whatever else is ahead. So anyway, all that to say, that's another reason for the church history missions is, again, we want our kids to understand it didn't stop when Jesus, you know, rose from the dead and had his 40 days and, you know, with his disciples and then ascended into heaven. He, you know, the Great Commission has gone on, and he has been at work, and that's continuing. Amen.
0: Now, some curricula have everyone learning the same truth each week. Uh, But you don't take that approach, and and that's a point that you make. Uh, Why did you decide to steer away from that?
2: Well, I guess it wasn't that I, in my mind, I intentionally decided to steer clear from it. I just, uh, I think it's a wonderful idea when it it works. And I suppose if you're doing a straight chronology um, of Old Testament, New Testament, or something like that, you probably could do the same thing every week. But with, with Praise Factory, since you've got, it's a family of three curriculums for three very different ages of kids with three very different abilities to understand truths, that what we decided to do is to make the the kind of the organizing structure was going to be these 16 biblical themes that we wanted everybody to learn. But because each group can learn it in a greater depth, we wanted to provide that greater depth. So we chose. Yes, it would be nice to have everybody learning the same thing, but that's not as important as um, giving the kids the depth of truth that we think that they could learn. Okay, good answer.
0: Very good.
1: So, uh, what you make a lot of use out of music in your programs. And not just general biblical truths and songs, but you have lesson-related lyrics in your curriculum. Why did you put such emphasis and effort on producing music specifically for this? I imagine it's been a great deal of effort and a great deal of time.
2: It has been, and um, it's been out of understanding music being such a powerful conduit of truth. Um, it is, music is in our world all around us, and people are harnessing it, using it to get people to remember all sorts of things. And I couldn't think of a more important way to harness music than to help kids remember the truths that they're learning in class. And I do think there's starting to be a few curriculums that are other curriculums that are doing this. Um, And I'm so glad for that. Um, There's a lot of great music out there and um, Christian music for kids to listen to. But I found that I wanted to write music for the particular truth so that they would take these truths with them. And, um, when I would find music that was kind of related to the topics I were on, then there would be the whole problem of getting licenses to use it with the curriculum and how many, how many times I could use it or whatever. And I have a heart for this curriculum every bit of it, be free online for downloads. All those things came together with one more, which was that I just happened to really love music. I was affected greatly as a, well, I guess as a parent of young children, I was looking for something for them to listen to. And there's an old group. I don't know if either one of you have ever heard of him, heard of it. It's called GT and the Halo Express. And yes. uh, I've
1: definitely never heard of that.
2: <laughs> and, and even though I will not sing it for you now, I... No, probably you know 20 30 of the songs that i learned from gt and the halo express that was the first time i really heard scripture set to music like that and it was great and you know like i said here i am our kids are 27 and or 28 just one just turned 28 and 32 and i still remember those songs so i thought man you know, I wish GTO and the Halo Express had written all those all the songs I needed, and then I would just cut a deal with them. But they didn't, so I thought I guess I got to put the G T and the Halo Express hat on and try to do it myself, and hopefully bring some of that strength of memory um, to to my curriculum through the music.
0: Very good. Now, along with the the stress on music, um, you also not so much in the the curriculum itself, although in the um, preparation for leaders you do strongly encourage them to spend time in prayer uh, but on your your website praise factory uh, dot, is it that O-R-G? yeah dot, dot org, um, you stress the importance of prayer and I guess that seems like an obvious question but why do you put such such emphasis there um, and what kinds of things do you think those working with kids ought to be praying for
2: gotcha Well, uh, the emphasis on prayer is two things. Uh, One is for us to pray, which I think is kind of what you're referring to in this question. And um, way back in the day when my husband was in seminary, there was a a wonderful bookstore. And while I didn't take any children's ministry classes up there, I certainly looked at the children's ministry books that uh, that were in that bookstore related to the classes they had. One of the books they had there was one by Lois Labar. It was called Education That Is Christian. And that book was another foundational part of my ideology, I guess. And um, in that book, the way Lois talked about the importance of realizing the Holy Spirit is the partner in your classroom and you're the junior partner, even though you're it's your it's your words coming out, you know. It's you, you. He is at work, um, and work in ways that you may not um, often are not even expecting. Mm-hmm. And and so I think prayer is important in order to to seek the Holy Spirit to be guiding you and enabling you and strengthening you, and to be at work in the kids while they are in your classroom and and as they take those truths with them. I mean, there's. There's just so much that we can do, and uh, or I guess I should say there's so little that we can do, and there's so much that God can do through with our little efforts. Um, but God loves to be asked. So, I guess that would be why I consider prayer so important Amen. um as we're as we're preparing and as we're in the classroom, and it when you go in thinking, um, Lord, I'm going to be looking for what you're doing. Yes, through my words. Yes, through what I've prepared already. But that you may, you know, you were with those children all week. You know what's going on in their lives. You know the the beat of their heart. You know the troubles they're facing. I'm going to need you, your wisdom, to give me um, insight to to reach the children in a way that actually makes a connection with them and what they're what they're going through. So prayer's essential. That's but well. the, other way, the other way we emphasize prayer is actually with the kids. And you probably know this. You may not have known GT and the Halo Express, but you probably have heard of ACTS. So tell me that you have. Have you heard of ACTS?
1: The prayer model you're talking about, that uh, the ACTS, uh, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication.
2: Look at you. Oh, we give you a gold star. <laughs> we hit a whole
1: podcast on it.
2: <laughs> Woohoo! Well, um, so that is I, I kind of grew up on that I guess back in college, and so that got woven into the curriculum as well. We started out even with the two and three year olds, and then, um, and then on up with the older kids. And so for each one of their themes that they learn, there's an A, C, T, and an S. Um, they learn so they're learning something about who God is, who they are as sinners, um, something to think. God for usually in Christ, and then with the S, the supplication, how God wants us to live like Jesus, and it's been so powerful. And it's actually there's been the music that kids take home a lot, but there's also been the ACTS model, and, um, and we have parents who will use it also in their devotions. Uh, you can take just about any Bible verse and find ACTS yeah. um, in that in that verse. So uh, and it expands how you think about God, yeah. How you think about yourself as a sinner, how you understand the gospel, and what discipleship means. So, so I guess that's the other big important way that we stress prayer is actually with the kids. Yeah, and.
1: It sounds like you do a lot in making sure that those prayers are really, and the curriculum are guided, you know, I, and I think that's really so great that, you know, we need to have prayers that, you know, are are focused on what we're going to teach, that, you know, calling upon God to work through these great truths we teach. I think in children's ministry, it can be so easy for prayer time to just be with uh, these four different dogs that uh, right. aren't feeling Oh, well I know today. those dogs. <laughs> yeah, those
2: dogs have a big prayer circle. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, be with yeah. these. These four dogs and uh we're gonna have a half second prayer about the lesson
2: yeah. we have, we have a uh with elementary school kids one of the the things in each lesson is an acts sheet that has the acts that correlates with the bible truth they're learning but then it has the blanks and that's where the dogs fit in and other things like that but um so we again it's like allowing them to pray for you know their sick dog like you say but also to acknowledge that's where they are they you know one of the biggest traumas and or the first huge trauma in my daughter's life was when our when our cat died oh yes and so you know and that was it you know death is death so it's like it seems small to us but it's like okay it's was big to her and so to kind of not belittle that but like you said point them to 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 the deeper truths and the the things we we really are hoping for them to Remember and take away, and they spend big with our yeah. children.
0: I'm glad you went in that direction because when I was thinking about it, I was thinking more from the leader standpoint. Um, yeah. But right. but yes, it, and our church started using Praise Factory in August, and um, we did I know you have the things you call them prontos to right. home with right. parents. We sort he of did a modify. Yeah, yeah, we did a, a modified version of that, just a half sheet of paper with the key, the Bible truth, uh, the yeah. verse for that, and then uh, with a prayer, just trying to give the parents a tool. Say, you know, th- Here's a way you can – I want to give it to the kids when they're leaving. Hey, this is something you can pray with your mom and dad. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I take – almost word for word, what you put in there, so I just modify it slightly, but i uh, just great. trying to teach the kids a biblical way to pray. Uh, cause obviously, you know, like you said, the trauma of, of, losing a pet for a kid that's real, um, but also teaching them to pray in line with scripture and scriptures concerns as, as they grow into that. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's great. Now you, how can churches, both volunteers as well as leaders, equip parents and guardians, uh, to be the spirit, primary spiritual caregiver of their children and partnership, especially as you, as you develop this curriculum, how can that be kept in mind when you implement it? I mean, our podcast, obviously, it's Theological Family Ministry Podcast, and we try to kind of see how that ha- has a play in in every little thing. And so how does that relate to your curriculum and, and to how you view children's ministry?
2: Well, we would call ourselves, I guess people define themselves as, Many different ways. I know there's family integrated churches or ministries, things like that. I guess we would call ourselves a family equipping church, mm-hmm. and so we are looking for any ways we can to equip parents well. And um, so, like we've brought up, that means keeping the kids safe when yeah. they're in our care as a service, and it means teaching them when they're in our when our in our care. But it also, um, we have them such a small percentage of the time, our heartthrob is to either provide them with resources that they can use at home. Um, so that's why we always have take homes with all the curriculums that we write or else with some of the other curriculum that we use here that's not praise factory curriculum, if there is a resource that we think fits really well with that then we tell parents about that, because we recognize that, um, well, you better not be depending on us to be your sp- your primary spiritual caregivers, because we have them, like, you know, a couple hours of the week, so anything we can put in their hands, any way we can encourage parents we want to, so on the website, there's, um, for each of the three curriculums, there's a parent resources section, where they can go to, and they can download, you know, the story, and the songs related to it. And so some, some churches like to give out take home sheets. Some other churches like to send a parents newsletter and they'll put links to things in there. Um, but you certainly have hit my, one of my greatest heart throbs, which is put the resources in the hands of the people who are called to be the primary spiritual caregivers gi- and make it as easily as possible and give them as much as possible um, to help them.
1: Yeah. That's, Lord. That's
2: great. The, the one other thing that we've done is nothing to do with this curriculum. Um, is uh, we have two two book fairs a year. One we do back we do around Thanksgiving, where we we get some of our the books that sort of favorites uh, for every age from nursery on up through high school, and and have actual inventory on hand. So sort of like a Temporary book stall, I guess you'd say. Um, we find it's a great time of year to catch not just the parents with the kids, but also relatives who who might be trying to find a good book to give, or a good a great opportunity around Christmas time, you know, to give a Christian book to somebody who might not be a Christian. Um, and and then we do another one in the spring where we have a we just have one copy of all sorts of things, and we found that that has been another Great way to put resources in the hands of parents. Um, kind of the two key times a year: one right before summer break, and then the other right before Christmas.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. anyway, praise the Lord and. Yeah, yeah. I think that is such a positive statement on any kind of program that you know to understand that you know I, I think there are too many that uh, approach children's ministry as as the professionalized spiritual disciplers of of kids you know and that we need we effectively need to remove them from their parents uh, for the better <laughs> discipleship you know and I think right. it is far better to understand that kind of partnership I mean that yeah. you know we are that we exist a partner. We exist to supplement not to be as yeah. the main disciples.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, Connie, you, you alluded to this, uh, I guess just the thinking behind it a little earlier, but what would you say to those who are in a, in a church setting, uh, particularly a small church or a church plant, something like that, where they feel the pull to have lots of offerings for kids uh, to attract families, but who are spread thin when it comes to teachers and volunteers?
2: Yeah, I think practice finiteness. Um, you know, we certainly have, even though we are far from a church plant in a small church right now. It's, you know, I guess uh, it's going to always be the case where it, it will be easy to want to do more than you are able to do. Um, but no, I guess it's no truer. Or, or, or I guess it's especially true for church plants and um, very small churches where I, I would say you would find out who you have who is willing to help and then look at what would be good for their spiritual health and and then offer accordingly with that. We have one friend who did a church plant up in Providence, Rhode Island area, and it was only the pastor's wife, the only person who was willing to help out with the kids and in teaching the kids. And I think they they had this a similar kind of thing, which was during the sermon. They went out and the children had their Bible lesson. And nobody else would step forward. They wanted their kids to go, but they didn't want to go. And she so every single week was the way they started with her going out during the sermon. And you and I both know that is not good shepherding of her heart. No. And so she called me and like, What in the world should I do? I was like, listen you and your husband sit down and figure out if you're the only one who's going to volunteer you two decide how frequently you should volunteer and then you just tell the rest of the congregation so since it's only my wife doing this and this is what she needs for her spiritual help then you know once a once a month we will have a bible lesson and she will lead that for the kids and the other three weeks they'll be in and um, it really helped others to both respect his shepherding and to understand that it is their primary responsibility to raise their kids and whatever happens at church is a wonderful supplement to what they're doing at home and and i think just really remembering reminding yourself and reminding the parents that about um who is the primary spiritual caregiver can take the sort of pressure off to feel like you have to do everything. And I know sometimes it does mean you do lose people. Lose people. We certainly have lost people who are looking for more programs than we have, but we just decide that's okay. We're not the only gospel preaching church, and we have a lot of brother and sister churches and Amen. if somebody else can be better served someplace else, that's where they should go and not get grumpy about it or anything, but just be humble, and and in this in this story situation, my friend up in Providence. Sure enough, some of the other families began to help volunteer to teach, so she could keep to her once a month teaching. But the kids were getting teaching other weeks as other people came forward. I think that's the other thing: is if you try to practice something more than you are, chances are people aren't going to come forward because they they either don't they don't want to see the need or they don't, um, they, they want someone else to fill in the need.
0: That's, uh, that's good counsel. It's, it's good to have that. Approach. I think it's harder to do in practice, but, um.
2: Oh, I, I agree. I'm, there was a, certainly like you're when you're talking about your
0: when, friends in Rhode Island, I think that was a.
2: Yeah, very. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was right. And it's, you know, now their, their church has grown and they've got a much, you know, a thriving ministry that seems to be well balanced, but it, oh, it's so hard at the beginning.
1: Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's that's helpful wisdom, I think, though. Now, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate everything. And as a last question, I want to ask, if people want to know more about uh, Praise Factory or about what you all have learned about ministering to children and families over a few decades in a church focused on the health of the whole flock, how can they do that?
2: Um, well, I think the website would be the most easily accessible way. Um, It's just praisefactory.org. Everything's free for download and in terms of curriculum. And then also just wanted to point out that um, there's a, there's a lot of resources that um, are just helpful for teachers, parents, pastors uh, that have nothing to do with this curriculum that, that may encourage you whatever you are doing in children's ministry. Then the other way is we have three times a year in March, May, and in September, we have workshops here that are free of charge or on a Saturday and you can come and we, we do some talking and then we hang around and listen to and take any kind of questions that from whoever comes. And then on the Sunday, there's observation of the classes. So that's another way that if you actually wanted to come and see how, how we're using Praise Factory, you can do that too.
1: Wonderful. By the way, is that the same do they do those at the same time as the weekenders or no?
2: Yes, they sure do.
1: We oh, do it cool. because
2: because we're trying to catch well, like I've said before, I have a we really want pastors to understand what they can do and their important role in children's ministry. So we yeah. do them then. And then it's it's also wonderful because we're getting people who are just interested in the curriculum coming. And so on one hand you have pastors listening to what people, teachers are saying, and you have teachers listening to what pastors are saying. And then hopefully they're both listening to what we're saying. And it seems to make a wonderful mix.
0: Wonderful.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Oh yeah. Just, yeah, again, thank you, Connie, for uh, being so generous with your time with us today. And I, I just want to second what you were saying about the website. I mean, there's obviously the a, a wealth of um, curriculum and, and music and resources, things like that, but, but also things that, um, just would be helpful if you're a Sunday school teacher or a parent and whatever kind of role it's helping you think through different issues and um I think that would be encouragement to you in in your ministry setting so we encourage people to to give it a look um well thank you for listening today and thinking with us um if you've enjoyed this episode or you found it helpful, please like it, share it, recommend it to others uh, on social media and by word of mouth, because uh, it helps to further the conversation uh, in your church and other churches and other families um, so that, that children trust Christ to follow him, and um, you know, we're hoping to affect the generations um, in, in a small way. If you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, uh, you can find Tony. He's at Anthony Trussoni. And I'm at Ben Palaz. Um, we'd love to hear from you, get feedback. Connie, are you on Twitter or anything like that?
2: Uh, No, just
0: Facebook. Just Facebook, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But do do give uh, Praise Factory, the website, a look. Well, thank you again, and we look forward to being with you next time. God bless.